Hello new world, all the boys and girls I got some true stories to tell You're back outside, but they still lie Take off the fufu, take off the cloud chase, take off the wifi, take off the money phone, take off the car loan, take off the flex and the white loss, take off the weird ass jewelry, I'ma take 10 steps, then I'm taking off top off, take off some fabricate streams and the microwave memes, it's a real world outside, take off your idols, take off the runway, take off the Cairo, take off the Sandro pay, five days stay, take off for the meal, hella follow, take off the far flat, take off perception, take off the cop with the iPad, take off the allure, take off the unsure, take off the decisions I had, Take off the fake deep, take off the fake woke, take off the I'm broke, I care. Take off the gossip, take off the new logic, that if I'm rich, I'm real. Take off the shirt nail, take off the doje, take off the broken bag. Take all that designer bullshit off and what do you have? Bitch, you ugly as fuck. You out of pocket. Two ATMs, you stepping to what? You out of pocket. Who you think they talk about? Talk about us. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I am 24. This is my podcast, 24th podcast. Late, late, Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. We're back once again. Lots to talk about Daniel Ricardo, Formula One driver. Once again, not a reserve driver, replacing Nick DeVries. We'll talk about it. As well as whatever the fuck is going on with Asante Samuel Jr., Ahmad Gardner. We'll talk about it, ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24's podcast. Two big things happening really today, which is now Wednesday, it's 1.30 in the morning, and yesterday, Tuesday, for me. First and foremost, the new Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota TV show called Quarterbacks which is exclusively on Netflix, premieres today, tonight at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I live on the East Coast, so that's 3 a.m. for me, so I got about an hour and a half before I get to watch it. Will I stay up and watch it? No. No. Watch it. It's not Stranger Things. It was Stranger Things. I was like, sure, maybe. Maybe I would stay up and watch it, but it's, it's not. But I am excited to watch it later on. When I am not exhausted. On the flip side of that, I got this very, very awesome jacket on Tuesday. It is the Dodgers. What is it? It's the Dodgers reverse fleece, like varsity jacket that I got. And let me, let me tell you something right now. I got it on sale first and foremost. Let me tell you something. It is the dead of summer. I have no business wearing this thing. It's fucking awesome. I love Letterman jackets. I love Letterman jackets. I love the fits. I love, and this is like, it has like a faux leather. And it is, it is a Letterman jacket. It is a Letterman jacket. I didn't get my Letterman jacket. I was on the varsity speech and debate team. 
I had almost made it to regionals in my respective state in Texas. I was in the most competitive district in the state of Texas, in Central Texas. I was in the most competitive district in Central Texas. If I won my district, I was going to go to regionals. And everybody knew that if you won that division, you were going to state because nobody at regionals would compete. Just that simple. And I got crushed in my senior year. But if I went to regionals, I probably, I, I, I had a good shot. Speech and debate at times, it can be about matchups. It can be about, you know, it is a tournament, so it can be about matchups. And I got a really bad matchup and I got smoked. Smoked by this person, by this girl. She was like a sophomore. She was awesome. I don't know where she came out of, but she was awesome. But didn't get my varsity jacket from high school. Shame. But I now have my fucking Dodgers. It's, it has faux leather that feels awesome. The inside is like nice and comfortable. I was like, God damn. It has this special embroidered LA, like the Dodgers logo as well. The, the Dodgers version of Los Angeles. Then on the back, it has the Dodgers logo. I'm like, let me tell you something about this, this jacket. In high school, ironically enough, I had this like New York. That's pretty ironic. I had these like New York jackets, New York varsity. These like New York varsity jackets. I have no idea where I even got those things from, but I got those New York. I got these like New York varsity jackets. They looked awesome. They felt awesome. They were awesome. And they were jackets with like zippers and they both broke. And I was so sad because I was like, those were my favorite, my favorite fucking jackets ever. And they fucking both broke and it fucking sucks. I still, I still am sad about it, but I love, I love the fucking, I, I love varsity jackets. Love them. Love them to death. They're awesome. They're cool. They're amazing. Oh my God. They're so cool. Love the fits. I love, I love being able to take off a jacket. And this is my problem with hoodies. There are so many awesome hoodies nowadays, but when you, but it, it you can't take it off. You have to like, it's, it's like taking off a shirt. It's like with a varsity jacket, it's a button up. I can button it. It's loose. It's fitted. It's nice. Oh gosh. I love this thing. I have not stopped wearing it. I don't even remember what it costs. I got it on sale, but I, I, I don't care. It was worth all of the money that I paid for it. Oh, God. And it's a fucking Dodger jacket. And the Dodgers have, like, my favorite color, this deep blue. Oh, God. It's so awesome. So great. So, 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 so great. Sorry, I'm just... Looking at why ninjas trending on Twitter. Jesus Christ. Anyways. What do I got for you today? Well. I mean, we got a lot of Formula One, so I'll just kind of get some of the NFL out of the way. There was this weird 
thing going on in the Twitter. I have not seen it. Apparently, Asante Samuel, not Asante Samuel Jr., not the Chargers cornerback, but apparently his father, I think, is pissed because the best cornerbacks in the NFL ranked by executives, players, scouts, and coaches via blah, 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 are Patrick Sertan, one, Jets, Sauce Gardner, two, Jalen Ramsey, three, Dolphins, Jair Alexander, four. That's the list. Oh, wait, there's more. Hold on. Jair Alexander, five. Eagles, Darius Slay. Excuse me, excuse me. Jair Alexander, four. Darius Slay, five. Marlon Humphrey, six. Marshawn Lattimore, seven. Trevon Diggs, eight. Denzel Ward, nine. AJ Terrell, ten. Then honorable mentions are Xavier Howard, J.C. Horn, Tariq Woolen, Davis White, and Legereus Need. I don't like it. I I I don't understand why Trevon Diggs is eighth overall. But okay, I think AJ Terrell is probably better. I mean, like, look, Marshawn Lattimore is a great cornerback, and at times, but Marshawn Lattimore has had like a supreme amount of inconsistency over the course of his career. He at the very least had two to three years of just like mediocre to below mediocre play. And then this year he, or last year he was awesome. AJ Terrell is awesome. I think Trevon Diggs is probably a top two cornerback in the NFL. And then it's like Jalen Ramsey, but it is what it is. But I'm not going to fight too hard for that because at the end of the day, I don't really care that much. So that list then sparks this weird thing that, like, I mean, Darrell Revis then got into. I mean, and here it is. Asante Samuel. Again, this is Asante Samuel Jr.'s father who says, the New York media will take your career to another level. Now, a little bit of context. Is, and he's referring to Sauce Gardner. Is Sauce Gardner an overrated cornerback? I don't think so. But I, I, I no, I, I think he's great. I would like to see him play more. I don't think he is better than Jalen Ramsey. I don't think he is better than Jair Alexander. I don't think he is better than Trevon Diggs. I don't think that he is better than Marshawn Lattimore. I think Marlon Humphrey being in the top five, I think, or six of cornerbacks is a bit ridiculous. He's, to me, the odd man out. He's, to me, is like the glaring issue. I'm like, A.J. Terrell is better. Trevon Diggs is better. At times, uh, Denzel Ward is better. I, I think, And even Darius Slay. Like, Darius Slay is also, like, an odd player. I'm like, literally all the other guys that are ahead of them, that are behind them, that are behind Marlon Humphrey and Darius Slay, Marshawn Lattimore, Trevon Diggs, Denzel Ward, AJ Terrell, they're all better than them. And on top of that, huge snub, Xavier Howard is probably a top 10 guy as well. So, bit of a shocker. But at the exact same time, the media doesn't really like Trevon Diggs that much. Regardless, again, Asante Samuel, the father of Asante Samuel Jr., then goes out of his way to potentially 
instill a little bit of controversy by saying that the New York media will take your career to the next level. Do I believe that the New York media has a hand in Asante Samuel Jr.'s rise to prominence and popularity? Yes. But again, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Asante Samuel, not Asante Samuel Jr., excuse me, that Ahmad Gardner, a.k.a. Sauce Gardner, is a overrated player. I still think he's a great cornerback, but is he like the second best corner in the NFL? Fuck no. And it really isn't even close. There's like five to potentially six guys right now that I would take over him, and it's not even close. And then you kind of get, ooh, and then you get, get apparently, and again, I haven't seen any of this. I'm just reacting to this literally as it's happening. So, or as it, I guess, happened. And so then apparently Sauce Gardner and Asante Samuel go at it on Twitter, which is always the best place to have a little spat. A little tete-a-tete, if you will. Let me read some of the tweets. So, they look at the Dove Climbing original tweet. Then he has a screenshot, screenshot, excuse me, of Asante Samuel Jr. saying that the New York media overrates players or the New York media will take your career to another level. That's the direct quote. And then Asante Samuel, not Asante Samuel. And then... What is it? Asante Samuel in the comments then says it's the New York media. He's responding to somebody. He says, nah, for real, because bro was a rookie and they acting like he prone Revis low. I guess it's done. Revis. I, I don't know. It's it's prone like he's squatting. I, I don't know. I don't know what prone means. I mean, I know what it means in like Call of Duty, but I don't know what it means in this context. Then Asante Samuel, not again, not junior, senior response to that comment the prone comment saying it's the new york media what did revis do so special i'll wait it's documented want great cornerbacks did in the stat what that was even worse than the comment that he responded to asante samuel inhale exhale <sighs> take your time when posting on twitter that is unintelligible garbage. I will read it back to you verbatim. It's the New York media. What did Revis do so special? I'll wait. It's documented what great cornerbacks did in the stats. What? Is he saying that Revis, that Darrell Revis didn't do anything special in his career in New York? And so that is why that Darrell Revis is seen as like one of the greatest football players, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Is that what he's saying? And is he saying the exact same thing is happening to Ahmad Garner? Undoubtedly, again, Asante Samuel Sr. is a great cornerback, potentially maybe future Hall of Famer. We'll see. Um... But Asante Samuel Sr. is in no way, shape, or form anywhere close to Asante, not Asante, excuse me, anywhere close to Darrell Revis. That's just a fact. I mean, it's just, it's not even close. Especially Darrell Revis in his prime. Darrell Revis in his prime is, 
a top three cornerback at his position ever. Went up against some of the greatest players at his at at their respective position at wide receiver at times in their heyday. I mean, Dallas Cowboy fans love to talk about, ironically enough, because I'm wearing a blue and white jacket and I am a Dallas Cowboy fan. Dallas Cowboy fans love to talk about how awesome Des Bryant was against Darrell Revis. Des did not have a hundred yards against Darrell. Like he had, he caught some back shoulder fades and things of that nature, but it wasn't like Des Bryant had sliced and diced up Darrell Revis. That's just big facts. Continuing forward after the weird, almost unintelligible dribble that Asante Samuel Sr. wrote. Uh, here, here's another tweet. And, of course, Sauce Gardner then retweets the tweet that Asante Samuel Sr. had posted. The New York media will take your career to another level. And then Sauce Gardner then tweets, Damn, you've been on one, you've been on my, sh my one shit. Hell, everybody can't. Type correct sentences. And he, and he puts damn with two ends. Damn. Like, damn. You know, like, damn. Damn. You've been on my one shit hella lately. You gots to relax. And that's. Oh, oh. And here we go again. Retweets. Dove Kleiman retweeted another Sauce Gardner retweet of Asante Samuel saying that it's the New York media. What did. Uh, Revis do so special, blah, 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 blah. The, and Sauce Gardner then retweets that tweet and says, the tweet literally says, those were the cornerback rankings by players, executives, scouts, and coaches, by the way, all caps, which is why I'm yelling because Asante, Sam not Asante Samuel, Sauce Gardner is yelling at me, so I have to yell into the mic. Continues to say, Sauce Gardner, I'm trying to figure out why you keep bringing up New York media. And his big facts. He's, he hasn't said anything wrong yet. Da, 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 da. And then Dove Kleiman shows that apparently things things are escalating between Darrell Revis and Asante Samuel. This isn't gonna end well. This is not going to end well at all. Asante Samuel says. I mean, like, they're just going at it right now in the comment section on Twitter. Sante Samuel goes on to say, he could have showed you, you got beat, or more double move. You got beat, I'm guessing, on more double moves. I'm going to correct some of his grammar here. You got beat on more double moves than myself. That's a fact. I don't know how much good, how much, oh, God damn it. I'd, it's if don't know much, go look in the, if you don't know much, go look in the history books. I'm in there. What about you, dude? Like, come on. You've got to get better grammar than this shit. Darrell Revis then responds to that horrendous three, four sentences with try again, mother sucker. I'm a first ballot hall of famer. Facts. Scouting report on me was a head coach telling his quarterback to be cautious to throw my way. No cap. It just hit different, bro. Of course. I'm adding a little bit. Some, I'm adding some of these ad libs in. Maybe you should write a letter to the Hall of Fame voters to state your case. Oof. A little bit. A little bit of salt in the room because maybe a salt. Uh, a salt. A, a, <laughs> that's a pretty good day. 
Asante Samuel Sr. <laughs> He's a little bit salty. Sorry. Asante Samuel Sr. Asante Samuel Sr. is a little bit salty. A little bit salty. Because Darrell Rivas is right. Darrell Rivas is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Asante Samuel Jr. Or Sr., excuse me, may not even... I don't even know when he qualifies for being in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, it's a maybe. It's like maybe he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe. Maybe. Not maybe he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe he gets into the Hall of Fame. Anyways, continuing on with this Twitter storm, Zante Samuel Sr. tweets out, it sounds like Revis doesn't know how to talk shit. I don't think he was known for talking shit. He continues to go on to say, he could have showed you. I'm guessing um, this was Rex Ryan. He could have showed you. This is about Rex Ryan. He could have showed you. You got beat or more. Blah, 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 blah. He, it's the double move thing. And then he says, now let me find out you are, you are a liar in real life. And then before this, Darrell Rivas says this i really uh he's like he's i think tweeting at ahmad gardner or I don't, I don't know who he's tweeting at he says just landed here he goes shaking my head i really don't know much about this guy never was inspired to watch his oh god damn never was inspired to watch his film but something does jog my memory i do remember we played falcons plus rex ryan made a highlight clip of him <laughs> Of him being double moved on almost every single route. God damn. I recall Rex saying to receivers in our weekly team meetings, the game plan was if he lines up across you, double move him every time. So in practice, our receivers refer to him as the double move king. God damn. I never view viewed him more than what was said about him in the scouting report. True story. And then that pissed off Asante Samuel senior and of course he went on the twitter tear for about like i don't know eight nine hours ago is darrell revis a great football player yes is asante samuel jr a great football player yes is one significantly better than the other yes is has Asante Samuel Sr. lost his goddamn mind. You goddamn right he has. You goddamn right he has. There's no one on this planet that thinks that Asante Samuel... <laughs> not as a, That believes what Asante Samuel Jr. says. There is no body on this earth that's like, you know who? You know who's awesome? You know who's just known for getting beaten by double moves? Darrell Revis. That's who. He's like, you got, I, it's, it's like the, um, the kid on the playground. That's like, you're not, I'm not stupid. You're stupid. You know, that was literally Darrell Revis, not Darrell Revis. Excuse me. That was literally Asante Samuel senior's response. He's like, like, I didn't get, get beat on double moves. You got beat on double moves. Just like, oh, okay. Feel a little bit embarrassed for him. Uh, Asante Samuel senior kind of smacked him around a little bit. I, I do feel a little bit sad for him. Sad that he doesn't have very good comebacks as of yet, fortunately. Gotta get better comebacks. He can't just talk shit like that. 
Gotta be better than that, man. Got to be better than that. Dante Samuels Jr. or Sr. I can't even keep it straight. Can't even keep the whole which which is which, you know? Oh my goodness. Anyways. We got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about here today. Regarding Formula One, we got two Grand Prix that we got to talk about here. And I think they're on a two-week break. I think so. It would make a lot of sense considering... Yes, they are. They are on a two-week break. I was like, it, it makes a lot of sense. God. And then, oh man, the next two races... That sucks, but it makes sense. I mean, when you think about it, we're literally in mid-July. The next two races, the Hungarian Grand Prix and the Belgian Grand Prix, are both both of them are going to be the final two races before the dreadful summer break, where essentially for the next month, not for the next month, but for a month, no Formula One. This is my favorite time of the year. It's like Christmas, except in the summer when it comes to sports, where I get Formula One back to back to back, and then I get a bye week back. I get like four weeks. I get five weeks, four races. It's awesome. And then they go on a hiatus for a month, and then it's just like, oh, that sucks. But then it comes back, and then essentially it's, I mean, my God, it is fantastic. I essentially get a race every weekend or every other weekend, and it's just, it's glorious. It's glorious. I get to wake up on Sunday. I mean, let me tell you something. There is something about waking up early in the morning and then being able to watch, like, your favorite TV show or movie or whatever. It's like, it, it makes me feel like a kid again. And I, 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 love, I love that type of stuff. But um, in, in the fall, that's when I get to see all of these fun races. I get to wake up in the morning. I get to watch all of these races. And I then get to, I then get to watch football. It's glory. It's awesome. But I got to talk about uh, the two races, the Austrian Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix as well. Pretty, I got to remind myself about the Austrian Grand Prix because it happened like two weeks ago. Kind of an uneventful race, the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, Max Verstappen dominated the course. Charles Leclerc came in second. Sergio Perez came in third after really storming the field and really just not having a great overall race weekend. The interesting thing that kind of happened that was a huge anomaly at the time that I didn't really pay that much attention to was Lando Norris and his McLaren storming the field, taking four in the number four race car and really just having an overall great race weekend. A little bit of an insight on Lando. When McLaren had first bought or brought their car to spring training, I mean, it was God awful. God awful. It was God off. It was terrible. It was an embarrassment. It was a joke. I thought they were just the worst car on the grid I was so depressed because I thought Lando Norris was just going to have another 
shit box that he had to drive for a year and that he was just not going to do anything for the next seven to eight months. How wrong was I? Lando Norris, fourth place in Austria, second place in the British Grand Prix. There is this interesting kind of like little game of cat and mouse between essentially like Mercedes probably has the third best car on the grid. Max Verstappen and the Red Bull is the best car on the grid. It's been the best car for the last two years and it's not even close, but there is this competition for who has the second best car on the paddock on the grid. Is it the Aston Martins? With Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll. And really it's just Fernando Alonso. Or is it the McLarens with Lando Norris and and Oscar Piastri? But then, you know, in spring training, you could have potentially have said, well, look, maybe it's Ferrari. You know, maybe Ferrari has the second best car. It's not Ferrari. But there is this constant interesting... I don't even know what it is. It's kind of like this revolving door, I guess, of teams competing for second place. Mercedes really can't ever be the second best car on the grid because their car is designed for the zero side pod and it just it will never function properly because they got the design wrong. And so it's McLaren, but then it was at first Aston Martin, but can it potentially be? Ferrari as well because Ferrari everybody loves Ferrari even though they suck as a race car team but I like I don't know I don't know I do think that it's interesting though just how quickly McLaren was able to change not to change but improve their car in what it's July in like four months five months after it being once again a shit box and People are talking about the salary cap and it being a huge contributor to that. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not really sure. But it is interesting that, once again, McLaren brings these upgrades to the Austrian Grand Prix. They load them up on Lando Norris's car. Lando Norris gets fourth in the Grand Prix, essentially outperforming all of his major competitors, Fernando Alonso and the Aston Martin, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell in the Mercedes outperformed Carlos Sainz, and, you know, I mean, he was far off the pace of Sergio Perez because Sergio Perez is in a spaceship, but you're fine with fourth place, and you certainly are fine with second in the British Grand Prix. So kind of the question kind of is, it's like, well, where does McLaren go with the development of their car? Where does it go with the development of their drivers? I liked... The way that, in kind of bouncing from races, I like the way that Lando has driven over the last couple of weeks. I think McLaren should shell out whatever money. I, I think they should lock down Lando permanently. I, I'm, a, I'm an American, so sports contracts are different. I don't know if they, they have or have not. Maybe I should probably Google that before saying they should lock him down financially. But I'm, I'm trying to essentially say, like, they should plan and plot around Lando long term maybe not just financially but with the design of the car he's obviously the better driver he has outperformed his teammate at every stretch pretty much for the most part and he's the better more experienced driver he's just in a shitty car 
or at least was in a shitty car. Maybe the car is now not so shitty anymore. But Lando has... I love Lando Norris, and I want him to succeed. And I want him to push Max. Because Lord knows Ferrari won't. <laughs> and Mercedes just... We'll, we'll see what happens with Mercedes. Speaking of the Silver Arrows, Mercedes had an okay race weekend, I guess, relative to... Hold on. Sorry about that. I could tell my computer was, yep, it was at 1%. I was like, whoo! It's like my perform the performance was starting to die. I was like, I got to charge this thing fast. Otherwise, it's going to die on me. Mercedes had an awesome weekend this weekend. Uh, because of a safety car late in the race, they were able to fit soft tires onto Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes. And really, Lewis was able to push Lando Norris towards the end of the race, but Lando Norris and the McLaren was just a better designed car, and they were able to uh, to beat Lewis to the final stretch of the, uh, of the race through the final corners consistently. Apparently, the McLaren is a spaceship in regards to the high-speed corners, and Lewis couldn't catch up to him, even on better tires. Like, he was just on better tires, and he was just like, yeah, I, I can't catch up to him. What does this mean for Mercedes? Well, it means, once again, Mercedes is the third best race car on the grid. That's pretty consistent overall with what they have been throughout the last, I don't know, like two years. They've been like the third, or yeah, this year included. They've been the third best race car, I think. I mean, they're second in their constructors, but they're just consistent. Like, Aston Martin is inconsistent. McLaren is inconsistent. Aston Martin started off hot, and now they're a little bit cold. McLaren started off cold, and now they're really hot. And so Mercedes has just been able to get their drivers across the finish line in relatively decent positions, and that's how they're second in the Constructors' Championship, but who cares because Red Bull will win it. There wasn't really a lot to say about Mercedes except like, Lewis complained a lot last weekend. I could get it. I mean, he's been complaining for the last two years because he thinks that his concept for the car would have probably have solved a lot of these issues. He probably has not liked the zero side pod for the last two years, and he has been very vocal about not liking it. And even Total Wolf in the Austrian Grand Prix was like, shut up, Lewis, drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty much what happened. British Grand Prix, Lewis tried to fight Lando. Lando was like, no, no, like to, like Dikembe Mutombo, and he just repelled Lewis for the final stretch of the race, and he was able to come in second. Lewis, another British driver, Lando Norris is British as well, if you know or don't know. Lewis was able to, was able to hold on for third place, no, more specifically, Lando was able to hold on for, for third place. Piastri couldn't challenge challenge Lewis. George couldn't challenge Piastri. And it was kind of just like, it was kind of like you were either waiting for Lewis to overtake. And if Lewis couldn't overtake, it's like, what was Piastri going to do? And Piastri couldn't do anything. So. Piastri misses out on a podium in Great Britain, but... I mean, we will see what happens with these two teams here in the next couple of weeks. Sergio Perez has had just terrible race after terrible race after terrible race. I mean, granted, in the Austrian Grand Prix, he, again, got third. So you're like, why, why is he terrible? 
why does he have terrible races? Well, because Max Verstappen is, I mean, putting in as again, and I talked about this earlier, I think this summer, I think I talked about it in May or April or something like that. As boring as it kind of is to say Max Verstappen wins X Grand Prix every single time, Max is doing some really, really fun and impressive stuff as a race car driver where just some of the gaps that he's able to create with his car, and, and I get it, his car is superior, is just, I mean, I really would like to see a piece on how Max just drives around some of these circuits because, I mean, he's just finding so much time on a lot of these circuits, it's it's incredible. It really is just how much better and how much faster he is on these uh on these racing circuits. And is it because of his car? Absolutely. But it's also because he's an amazing race car driver. I mean, we only have to look at Sergio Perez. We only have to look at Sergio Perez to understand the difference between a driver that is awesome at driving, not awesome, that's I mean they're both awesome at driving. But a driver that is just rare at driving in Max and a driver that's like awesome at driving in Sergio Perez. And I mean, Sergio has qualified horrendously over the last like three, four races where he has barely gotten out of Q3 in some instances, but in most instances over the last like four or five races, he hasn't even gotten out of Q3, which is a joke in that vehicle. And then if he does get out of Q3, he doesn't get out of Q2. It's it's insane how poor his qualifying sessions have been in the best race car on the grid. It's like, bro, how are you, how do you, why are you sucking this bad? Then his race pace isn't very, it's not as good as it probably should be. He should be cutting through the field like a hot knife in warm butter. Yes, number one, he has a better race car. But number two, a lot of these teams are not going to fight against him for the most part. The reason for that is, He's in a better race car. So teams are like, we're not going to burn up our tires. We're not going to expend more energy worrying about Sergio Perez. We will just let, we will wave him through. Just walk on through, Sergio. We don't care. And the fact that he cannot take advantage of the, of that fact of just teams not wanting to race a Red Bull on Sundays, he can't take advantage of that or his vehicle is just, it's insanity to me. And it brings up the final kind of like thing that we're going to talk about. Daniel Ricardo, the Australian driver that used to drive, ironically enough, for Red Bull, is now switching seats with Nick DeVries. Nick DeVries now doesn't have a seat in Formula One. Daniel Ricardo does, and he is now kind of playing or more specifically driving for the B team at Red Bull in Alpha Tauri, where now... Daniel will get his shot, he will get his turn, he will get his opportunity, again, I might add, to drive a Formula One race car again. And apparently his times were great and they would be in the top 10 if he was driving the Red Bull during uh, the RB19, the Red Bull car, during qualifying. And so you kind of got to wonder, I'll say the quiet part out loud, if he's qualifying in the top 10 and Sergio Perez is qualifying in the top 15, why wouldn't Red Bull swap on over Daniel Ricciardo to that Red Bull seat and then kind of like demote Sergio Perez to the Alfred Towery? Like it just, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, maybe not necessarily this year as well, because I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, 
I, I don't know. Maybe they'll do it this year. Maybe they'll do it next year. I'm not sure. But Sergio has not had a good stretch, and Red Bull has been pushing him forward and on to try and do his best. And in no way, shape, or form is Sergio Perez anywhere close to just anywhere close to Max. And I remember about a month and a half ago, I was so excited. Maybe two months ago, I was like, maybe we'll get the Red Bull Wars again with like with what happened with um, Vettel and whoever that guy was and a little bit of Max and Daniel Ricardo, ironically enough, at Azerbaijan where they both took each other out. And Christian Horner infamously says, we just fucked away 40 points right there. So I'm very, very excited to potentially see Daniel back in a Formula One car. I'm excited to see what Red Bull does Future-wise, when it comes to the strategy, I am also very, very excited to see the new TV show on Netflix, Quarterback. It is literally coming out in like 30 to 40 minutes, and I'll stay up to, I guess, watch some of it. Anyways, I'm peacing out for tonight. I will see you on Thursday, 124's podcast.